0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Automation is inevitable and it is coming for you. Steel made bronze obsolete. The internal combustion engine made steam power obsolete. The self-checkout at your local grocer has made teams of workers obsolete. Machines and automation are coming to make you obsolete. If you don't believe me, that is fine. At the end of the day, I am a stranger who says he is an economist on the internet And any of those three things should make you wary of a naysayer on their soapbox screaming that the end is nigh. But it really might be this time. Automation for the most part is already here and it is silently and slowly pushing the working population to the wayside. And this gentle pressure all has to do with good old-fashioned supply and demand. This is a demand and supply graph. This is used by economists to illustrate the price of things given a certain level of, well, supply and demand. Let's say this is the demand and supply for apples on this graph. The x-axis represents the quantity of apples and the y-axis represents the price of apples. Beyond that, there are two important lines. One for consumers, which makes up the demand line. This line slopes downwards because if apples were selling for 2 cents each over here, pretty much everyone would want to buy as many apples as they could because they're just so cheap. But over here, if apples were $10 each, not nearly as many people would want them. Sure. There might still be apple connoisseurs that live and die by the apple, but most people would rather just go and buy a banana. I mean, at the end of the day, what can a banana cost? The same is true, but in reverse for this line, the supply line. If apples were two cents each, nobody would bother growing them. It would cost far more in farming and shipping than a farmer could ever hope to make us profit off these two-cent apples. So they would just go and grow something else. Likewise, if apples got to a point where they were selling for $10 each, everybody would want in on this apple growing business. Corn farmers would plow their fields to make rooms for apple orchards, and the supply of apples would skyrocket to this point. But, remember, nearly nobody wants to buy a $10 apple. So in reality, this point here, where the lines cross and supply meets demand perfectly, is where apples would normally trade. A reasonable amount of apples would sell for a reasonable price, and everybody would feel like they are getting a fair deal. This whole apple business is the foundation of transactional economics, but what a lot of people don't realise is that the same goes for their jobs. So what happens if we switch out apples for accountants, and you may say, well don't be silly, you can't buy an accountant, and yes, slavery is more or less frowned upon these days. but what you can do is pay for an accountant in the form of a salary. Just the same way, if an accountant got paid $10 a year, every business in the world would want to hire accountants. They are so cheap to employ that even if they only just got the morning coffee, it's worthwhile having them around. But in this scenario, not many people would ever want to work as accountants. But likewise, if they were to earn $1 million a year, almost everybody would want to be an accountant. People would switch from other professions and universities training accountants would fill up fast. Unfortunately for these dreamy bean counters, companies only need to hire so many accountants and so most of them would not really be able to find work. Again, where these two lines cross is the reality in the market today where about 1.26 million accountants work in the United States for an average salary of about $60,000. This all makes sense so far But where it gets interesting is where these supply lines move. If an office opens up in the Philippines, for example, that allows companies to outsource their accounting work overseas, what that is doing is effectively increasing the supply of accountants. This means that any given salary, there would be more accountants willing to work. On the more sinister side though, it means that companies will be able to employ the same amount of accountants for less money. This is one of the leading causes of wage stagnation, In this is affecting many, many wealthy economies today. The same thing can happen here on the demand side, though, in this equation. A company will see that five accountants with electronic calculators can do as much work as 20 accountants with abacuses, and two accountants with Excel and accounting software will be able to do as much work as five accountants with calculators. As capital assets in the form of technology improve, the same amount of work can be done with less and less people. This means that a company that used to employ 200 accountants will now only need to employ 20 accountants, and those skilled accountants will be forced to compete on who is willing to work for the lowest of wages. Abacuses to calculators to desktop computers, if we take this to its logical end though, we find that a highly automated machine that can do the work of those accountants without any accountants at all, might be the logical end. So. What will a world look like when almost every job is automated this way? Predicting the future is impossible, unless you are The Simpsons. Predictions about what computers will mean for the future have been made for as long as computers have existed. And for the most part, these predictions have been hilariously bad. So, I am going to try and avoid this prediction being based off what automation will look like, and focus more on what the whole economy will look like. A fair warning is that economists are not much better than computer scientists when it comes to predicting the future, but most reputable economists that have been brave enough to make predictions have stated that the machine future is likely to look like one of three possible outcomes. The good, the bad and the ugly. I like my dessert first, so let's take a look at the best possible outcome for our automated future. This is the kind of futurist dream where humans will be served by robot butlers and automation will mean that human time is freed up for recreational and creative pursuits. In this future, businesses that run these machines will be heavily taxed or the machines will just be owned by the government on behalf of the people and a universal basic income will be distributed to everybody to make up for the salaries that they will no longer be able to make. People can still choose to run a business or seek employment in the few industries where people are not obsolete to make extra income, and these kinds of people will probably make up the upper middle class. Beyond this, they may even be allowed to live on less than their universal basic income allowance and invest the difference for a hope of returns in the future. But, below that, almost everybody will still live lives with higher standards of living than our middle class today, thanks to the abundance caused by this new automated workforce. This all sounds great, but let's say that a family wanted to get themselves a bigger house or just generally increase their well-being. Working jobs that are still left for humans beings may be an option, but they are likely to be very hard to get into and possibly pretty unrewarding financially. Investing also works. By saving a little bit of their basic income and investing it into the market, they might hope to get returns and build up investment income that means they will have more income later on. This is not too dissimilar to how most people build up wealth in today's society. But in a world with a universal basic income, there is one other possibility. There would be nothing really to stop family groups just having lots and lots of children who would also be eligible for this universal basic income, boosting the overall income of the household. Sure, you could introduce laws that circumvent this by taking away the rights of children to get it until they turn 18, But, this kind of takes away from the universalness of this universal basic income deal, and as we have seen time and time again, people are really good at finding loopholes when it comes to getting money out of government bureaucracy. Even if we ignore this particular incentive to breed, breeding will happen, because if an entire society does not need to commit to employment, then babies aren't going to be a strain on their career, nobody will have to worry about the cost of childcare, People won't need to be concerned if they are spending enough time with their children and so birth rates will rise. It is very common in developed countries for birth rates to shrink for all of the reasons above, but all of those reasons go away when jobs are no longer a thing. So we are likely to see an explosion of new babies. So what? Well, this is what. Humans are a drain on resources. This is fine for most humans today because able-bodied and or able-minded adults tend to contribute more to society than they cost, meaning that they can afford to live off their wages and still contribute to businesses or their community at large, making the world a richer place. But, in this post-automation world, we don't really need them to balance balance sheets, real-to-real estate, or generally manage general management positions. That will all be done by machines. What won't change is that humans still need to be fed with food and housed in homes and transported with transport, and all of this puts a drain on finite resources. The world can only support so many people with these resources it has available. And yes, technology like automation will increase the amount of people slightly, but there is still a hard cap on how much fresh water and food we can extract from our little blue rock. Space colonisation could help, but... It does open up the opportunity for pretty much limitless growth, and that is well into the future. We're going to have to come to grips short term, though, with humans really having a negative value to society. This gets us on to the bad outcome the outcome that is coincidentally most likely. A universal basic income structure is still in place, but it is very very basic, just barely covering the essentials. The world is split into two very distinct classes. Those who own the companies that own the robots that build everything and everybody else. This peasant class will be forced to take on gig style jobs to stay ahead in fields that they cannot fill with automation just yet. Having children will be highly discouraged, and things like universal basic income might only be made available to people when they do turn 18, meaning that having children will be hugely financial crippling, or just left to the domain of the rich. The rich in this scenario are actually not much better off. Sure, they will sit on top of vast fortunes and have robot servants and the like, but they still have that in the first scenario as well. This will be a world filled with violence and contemptment for these wealthy people. Picture Johannesburg, a country with a very clear divide between rich and poor. Fantastic opportunities here exist for wealthy business people to live extraordinarily luxurious lives in incredible safety. But the country has still seen a max exodus of these wealthy individuals because people don't like living in fortresses. In this scenario, Johannesburg will become everywhere. Sounds pretty bad, right? Well, it can still get a whole lot worse. The ugly post-automation scenario is likely to become a reality in at least a few countries where the mentality is that people should just work for a living. In this scenario, universal basic incomes won't really be there at all. Social welfare may exist, but it will likely be starved due to pure economic forces. A human that is unemployable has no economic value. It is a horrible thing to say, and most people have a hard time accepting it, but it is ultimately true. We live in a world today where most of us trade our time for money, and then we trade that money for goods and services. Pure transactional economics does not give money to people if their time is worthless. Now, I know what a few of you are going to say, an economic system like this will never work. Businesses need customers to sell to, to stay in business. Who is going to keep these wealthy businesses afloat? And, oh, you poor sweet summer child, this is probably just something your sociology teacher told you while gently patting your head and repeating, it's all going to be all right. The truth is, no, a big population is not needed to keep businesses in business. Let's take it down to the most fundamental level. People today work for business. They go to work 40 hours a week and they get paid money for the work that they can spend on goods to keep them happy, healthy, and alive. They buy their food and clothes and healthcare from what are really just other businesses. So, the most fundamental level, if we take away money as the middleman, businesses are really just giving people food, housing, clothing, etc., in exchange for their productive time. If their time no longer has any value, businesses will no longer provide them with housing, food, and clothing because, well, why should they? So, who will these businesses trade with then? Well, each other. There will still be a market servicing the needs of these businesses and their incredibly wealthy owners. I'm sorry to break it to you, but the average consumer is really not as important to the economic system as they are led to believe. In this scenario, we are likely to see massive population declines. The less sinister cause of this is that people will just have less children because they won't be able to support them. And the second, much darker cause is that people may very well just starve to death. It sounds very foreign to people who live in developed countries, but these kinds of terrible outcomes are possible as a result of full-scale automation. We have been blessed to live in a time where technology has made our work hugely productive and this huge productivity has meant that these workers get to benefit off the wealth they have helped to create but it has to be asked what does a future look like where humans are no longer the creators of value thanks for watching guys i hope you enjoyed this video as always i've left my email in the video description uh, i also do my very best to reply to any comments that you guys might have thank you